Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. This is Max Pittman from Write For Me, and you're listening to another episode of the Business Ninjas podcast, where we meet the experts and executives who are making things happen, scaling their businesses. And today we're talking about Content Camel with Mr. Dave Shamley. Who's the founder and CEO at Content Camel? Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Max. I don't, I haven't been addressed as Mister in a while, so that's <laughs> that's that's a fresh one. That's my that's my southern southern um, <laughs> roots, right? Even though like my parents were never like big on Mister Misses, they were pleased with sure. thank yous. Um, I don't know sometimes I feel like making introductions, like if I was to introduce Derek Jeter at the you know, uh, all of fame. I'm, I'm saying Mr. Derek. Mr. Yeah. I think Derek would get a Mr. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great to meet you um, and, and, and do this together. And you guys, Content Camel, uh, it's in the B2B SaaS and sales enablement software space. Um, and the company's been around for uh, roughly about three years. Um, so I'm excited to dive into what's going on at, at Content Camel um, and who you guys are and who you work with. Um, but before we jump into the organization, you know, our community is built of entrepreneurs and executives like yourself and uh, lots of sales and marketing leaders who may be part of your ideal customer and personas you guys are trying to go after. So love it. Uh, if you could kind of tell as a CEO and founder at Content Campbell, you know, what what is it that you're focused on today and uh, who is Dave? Love it if you can maybe start there and talk about uh, something you focus on from there. Yeah, sure thing. Yeah, so my background, I'm kind of unusual in the sense that I'm a, you know, hardcore like tech founder, backgrounds in computer engineering. I was CTO of my, the first company that I started and I just sort of migrated more and more over to the, to the growth and go to market side, just seeing how obviously important it is to organizations and you can have, you know, a great product allows you to go to market and you don't get anywhere. You could, honestly, you could have kind of a crabby product <laughs> and have great go to market and you're, you're all set. I mean, you're, you know, pretty good. And so obviously combining the best of both where you've got an awesome product and awesome go-to-market is really that, you know, sweet spot. Um, and so, yeah, so started a couple of companies and it was really, you know, Compton Campbell came out of my last company where it was a data and analytics company that I sold. And I ended up in kind of like mid-market 50 million ARR um, SaaS business that acquired us and I was head of growth and just really seeing the opportunities the the marketing team was pumping out great content and the sales team was kind of frustrated uh we were like very vertical selling on the sales side and just sort of frustrated with like alignment there and things like that and and if you strip back everything like what is the core foundation um that the team you know the whole whole go go to market team really needs and it is it is what content are you putting out and how are you organizing and deploying that to prospects and really enabling that like your prospects to buy and I think as simple as that is to say, it's really tricky for teams to do that well. And so that's kind of where we saw the opportunity. So when, when I, when I left where, you know, that company through the acquisition, um, I had this kind of additional perspective on, Hey, there's this foundational piece. And that's, that was really the genesis for content camels, like really straightforward, you know, kind of tactically marketing and sales, collateral management software, sales management software. Um, but can we do that in a, in a different way that's disruptive to the, the status quo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. Thanks for the quick elevator pitch too there while you're at it. <laughs> I was going to say like, what is, like, if you could describe 
like, um, you know, uh, I'm sure I, you've imagined being on Shark Tank or pitching ideas, uh, maybe even being a shark yourself. Like, what what specific problem, right? Like, for you know, for a salesperson, right? Are you solving for for them? Like, what is it? How how does that look? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, the interesting thing is, so when we started off, and I mean, I think this is true for all founders, right? Or, or teams, you know, trying to take a product to market, you sort of have this vision of who will buy. And it's that combination of like, who do you think will buy this? Who's actually going to show up? Like who's in your audience that you're attracting? And that's where this rubber meets the road. And for us, we, we thought it would be, you know, like sales leaders, sales directors, and marketers. It 100% for us turned out to be just marketers. And so marketers are the ones buying content camel. We have future plans for expansion on the sales side, but it's sales users that use it, you know, as the end users, marketers that buy and deploy it. And, you know, we start off right up at the top, um, really transactionally, like in our sales deck and things like that, like what we hear over and over and over again is the, the pain points of, Hey, we basically, no matter what your size, you're probably managing your content, right? The, the, that great content that's, that's field, you know, field focused, like you're deploying and stuff like that, the finished products, right. You know, that could be blog posts to white papers and PDFs and all that. You're probably organizing that in Google drive, SharePoint, Dropbox, you know, something like that. And it's, and then, and then you have to have like an, a layer on top of that. There's usually a spreadsheet. So that's, you know, notion an Airtable, or, you know, Google sheets, something, something like that. And it is a real. I mean, it's just a pain in the ass, right? It's, it's people don't keep it up to date. If they update it, sales is never looking at it. People are frustrated, you know, cause sales is asking like, where's that asset? Um, and, and, and all of that. And so, you know, there are great tools for managing content workflows, you know, and people are doing that all sorts of different ways. But when you have that finished thing that you're producing, whether it's a video or, you know, like an in-depth post, you know, even like hub page. Again, PDFs, all that stuff, decks. It's just where does it go? You know, and how do you how do you maximize what that con is content is doing for the internal end users, which are the salespeople, right? How is it easy to deploy for them multi-channel and gives them the feedback and and notifications, analytics, all that stuff that they need? Mm-hmm. Well, we just I heard you mention like a, a few, you know, uh, uh, companies and, and ways to store. And, and leverage sales enablement material as part of you know, what you're talking about. Like, how how would you say that Content Camel differentiates itself, you know, from your competitors in the market? Yeah, this is an interesting space where there's a pretty big gap. Um, you know, so if you take kind of status quo is your team, and maybe your team, maybe like your kind of if you take the go to market, so like sales plus marketing, right? Maybe your team is. 15, 25, 35, 50 people, even more, 150, 200, right? Um, a lot of those teams, again, like are storing their, like their great content that's being used in every single deal conversation in something like a Google Drive. And to move away from that so that you can actually organize it and things like that means you're stepping up into a gigantic enterprise solution. And there is very, very, very little in between and what we found from our competitors is one they have like super high cost of sales so they have very very large go-to-market teams they spend a ton of money on ads right and and everything that you can imagine and so you know that just 
that, you know, cost of sales and their business model definitely drive, you know, the, the pricing of the, of the product. Like you should never obviously price things cost basis, but you have to, you have to make money. And so if you have a really high cost of sales, customer acquisition costs, your product has to be really expensive. And that's what we've seen in our space is there's Google drive or Dropbox or, you know, SharePoint or whatever. And then these, and then these, these solutions that they literally, I mean, this is kind of mind blowing, you know, at this time, uh, like, you know, as far as 2023 and all that stuff, modern era, they have minimums. Like if you do not buy 50 users, they will not sell to you. Like their sales team does not want to talk to you unless you are literally buying 50 users and that's annual or multi-year deals. It's setup costs. Those so like charging, like setup fees for their software. Um, and then, uh, you know, complicated contracts. Some of them won't even give you pricing unless you sign an NDA. So it's just, it's just absolutely bonkers that there's aren't easy to purchase, easy to roll out solutions out there, you know, that want yeah. that work the way that teams want to want to work. So it sounds like there, the gap there was, there's a huge gap between, you know, the, the fortune, um, the, you know, enterprise based solutions and then the Google drives. Right. And, but nothing yeah. really built for those smaller, you know, sales orgs where it's say five people or yeah. five to 20 kind of, is, is that the gap that you, that you saw? Yeah. So for us, uh, I like to say it's an expansion play. So we're basically bringing best, best, best of breed, best in class, you know, tooling to everybody that is underserved, right? You know, the, the team, the team that's like the whole organization is maybe 200 full-time employees, FPEs, right? And they're in the go-to-market team is like you said, like 15, 20, 25, 30, 35. They're not, they're not necessarily, you know, unless some of the people have been in a larger org, they're not, they're not calling it like sales enablement. Right. And so they're just thinking of it as like, Hey, this is tough of the best and we need to organize it. Right. And we know that if we organize it, it's going to allow us to do all these other things that we want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's the way they're thinking. And so that's kind of like, yeah, like the small mid market, uh, or I'd say like, yeah, the, the, probably the smaller end of mid market, but not the small, small, like the solo kind of solo folks or small teams, the five or 10, where like the whole company is like tiny, but an interesting thing is like the, the aha that we had or the surprise, you know, the surprise that we had was it's also larger organizations that, um, you know, maybe have like 200, 250 or whatever on their go-to-market team. So like marketing and sales, they got a whole bunch of sellers. They're a mature organization and they're maybe still tracking stuff in Google drive and just kind of like, you know, grinding it out. And it's like not pleasant. Right. Um, and they're primed to still like evolve into a, a solution that's going to help them get organized. But but even uh, we're, what, what we found is organizations that actually have bought into these enterprise solutions at like 50 users, like at that minimum, and they've grown like 50 or 100 users, and they're actually growing, they ram up against this point where it's still budget. It's still budgets. And, and, and they're like, okay, well, we're, we're, we, we're paying for 100 plus licenses. It's like maybe 100 grand or something, 60, 60 to 100 grand, right, for the solution. Now we're, we're actually, we're going to bolt on a uh, 30 person SDR team, right? Or, or we want to fold in customer success, right? For that kind of end to end journey perspective and, and, and make sure that they have the right content and it are enab enabled the same way. But then they're like, wait a second, but that's another, you know, upwards of like 50 grand of spend. And it just seems like overkill. Like that's the feedback we get. It's just like, it's, it just seems like overkill. Like 
we can't, we're not going to give SDRs access to all this stuff. We're not going to give custom, you know, we just financially, it's sort of, it doesn't make sense, even though they need it, even though they would benefit from it, even though it makes sense to manage all of this content in one place and have it generate the analytics they need. And so you start to get to like the point where literally our, like the competitive business models are meaning that their, their, their customers are rationing access. Mm -hmm. And so that's the complete opposite of what you want. Right. Yeah. You want people leveraging the tool, learning, educating themselves, yeah. staying in the platform, leveraging the platform during their calls, coaching with it, training with it. Yeah. Yeah. And not, yeah. Being rationed or siloed in what you, yeah. Can, yeah. Is, uh, is obviously not ideal for, for ramping uh, yeah. for, for scaling your, uh, scaling your own knowledge, uh, as a filter. Yeah. 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 I gotta ask, like, this is actually kind of a random off topic question, but like, like how, you know, this, this tool, it's an organized solution. It's kind of like, I heard you say that earlier, like how, how organized are you just like in general? Like, is this like a piece of you and like your own personality? I'm yeah. I mean, so I come from an engineering background, so there's that. Right. And yeah, prior to this, I was a founder of an analytics company. So there's that. <laughs> um, and you know, with what, with one of my companies before that, you know, we, uh, we actually were, I mean, I'd bounced around from, from space to space. So, which is maybe not the best recommendation from a founder perspective, but, but I actually had a company in the live event space. We had made mobile apps and like content and things like that. And so it was really critical that we helped our customers get organized because they had, you know, they would plan nine months for a two day, two day event. And it was like the, seriously the most stressful, uh, customer base that you could possibly imagine high pressure. Um, and so just like seeing that kind of progression of in my career of just like, Hey, you know, helping people get organized and, and, and how that helps folks out. Um, yeah, for sure. Seems natural. Yeah. Yeah. It seems pretty natural to get to where you are here today. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and also like, honestly thinking from like an analytics standpoint, I think we have like, I think we have a lot to offer and, and help marketers specifically with, you know, you've got access to all this potential data, what are you actually making decisions around? How are you actually helping? Um, like what data is actually helping you get the job done? Right. What are some of Yeah. What are some I mean, that marketers have the ability to leverage? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's, uh, we used to, you know, we talked about like vanity metrics and things like that. That's just like numbers for numbers sake. Right. And if you think about like, you know, on the website track and stuff like visits or, or just sort of like these aggregate numbers that really don't tell you anything about who's showing up and what they're engaging with. Um, on the content side, you know, we very much provide insight into, okay, these are your top performing assets, right? Which is an interesting thing because it's even, it's come, it's, it's definitely another aha for us is, you know, marketers are running these campaigns like nurture campaigns, you know, email like newsletters and blasts and stuff like that. And they have HubSpot and all this stuff in place. Right. But then at the, at the end of the quarter, they can't tell you what actually performed, you know, inside those newsletters, exactly. inside, in, inside all those like field facing blasts and stuff like that. All they can tell you is like click through rate and open rate. Mm -hmm. Right. They don't have an aggregate, like let's step back and, and see, you know, what are people actually engaging with? What are they viewing? What are they opening? what, what resonates, you know, and is that, how's that linking to deals? And there's like, there are very, very complex sort of enterprise solutions for that, but 
but we also fit into that ecosystem where we can help you, right? If you're leveraging, we generate like links in our, in our, in our solution. And it's tied to this, all the organization that you put in anyway for your content, it gives you that visibility where you can step back and say like, okay, like our videos are performing really well and we thought they would. Right. Um, yeah, so I think that's interesting, but then, but then, you know, in the sort of death by a thousand analytics, like people want to do, you know, in, in a lot of cases, people ask for, well, I want like page level tracking. I want to know how like dwell time on pages. And you're just like, really, you, you know, you're, you're, you're sort of, you're coming from a place where you have no analytics at all, but you think like dwell time on a page is going to, you know be this like amazing sort of enlightening thing and in reality is for most of your assets it's not the place to focus you yeah. know you, it's like because the data is all messy right because people leave pages open and in sessions and like all this other stuff and what it, if you you have to rewind and like what decisions are you really going to make around that right. someone spent 30 seconds on this page and 28 seconds on another mm -hmm. <laughs> or 0.003 and 0.002 i mean it doesn't really make any sense unless you're tracking like proposals and things like that. Yeah. Proposals are a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a focus that sounds like for, for data, for, for the marketers. Um, and it sounds like potentially even like the managers as well when looking at like sales team member track. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the interesting thing for the sales team members and, you know, because when, when, when a team is rolling out a solution like this, you know, or really anything, they want to understand adoption. I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the, like the main sort of friction points. Like even if you've gone to all the work of like, let's say you organize your stuff in Google drive and, and you put a spreadsheet on top of that. Well, no one's using your spreadsheet. Sales isn't logging in and sort of self-servicing, self-enabling through that spreadsheet. They're just, they're just not going to do it. Um, yeah. and so they're using out of date content and all this other stuff off brand stuff. And, um, so obviously one of the things is like, is it, is it easy to roll out who's, who's adopting it? That sort of thing. Like, so those analytics, we have, you know, basically like a leaderboard in the app that's visible to everybody because it should be visible to everybody. Um, and the internally organizations know who the best, who the top performing reps are, sales reps are. So they can see, you know, Hey, you know, like Emily's using like the latest deck or the latest assets or see, you know, is positioning this video. Um, and she's getting a lot of engagement on that. Right. And so like, you know, you can basically cross train. We, we recommend like cross training your reps based on that, cross, you know, showcasing that information. And so you, you can kind of leverage like best practices, like those that are picking it up and how it's resonating sure. with prospects and customers and just, yeah, using that data to showcase and, and ease that, ease that rollout process. Yeah. So and also marketing, it sounds like can share insights on the top performing assets for them for sales to start leveraging or that they should be leveraging throughout you know, the yeah. deal cycles as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. So like for you, you know, kind of flipping the tables, you know, um, and you know, as, as you guys focus on helping, uh, fail teams perform better and, and marketers, you know, uh, be organized and get content in front of the, in front of a sales team and in front of their customers that's, that's relevant to them. Like, how are you guys doing that on your side? Like how is marketing you know, playing a role in helping your business stand out? Um, all of the ways, I mean, I think, you know, we focus a lot on, on like written content. Um, we, we haven't actually leveraged video a ton. That's, 
So th that's an area of opportunity for us. But I mean, we use our own solution internally. And so it's making sure that it's all in there. It's organized, to, like leveraging it, right? So we, you know, when we're engaging with prospects um, and customers, we have obviously a really easy way to share bundles of content, sure. you know, and then timely follow-up based on that because we're getting the engagement notifications. So it's definitely, we're able to take advantage of it. Um, I mean, it is nice, you know, not all companies use their, you know, are in a position sure. where the users, like the main users are, you know, yeah. the same people kind of inside the company. So it, that was an intentional choice in building this company for me was I wanted something that we would actually use ourselves yeah. a lot. I love that, you know, it's a uh, drink around champagne versus like yeah. uh, dog food, right? This, this story of like, you know, your own, you know, um, the ways that you leverage the tool and what, like what you guys do internally and in telling that side of the story to make some of those correlations to the people you guys are talking to and the process to what they're experiencing and telling up pieces of the puzzles. I, that's like, or I, I, that's where I love storytelling. It's like all the successes that I have using this and why, and how this might translate to the customer too. So kind of what I'm hearing is like, there's a focus for you guys in, in telling that, telling a story on calls. And also, uh, uh I'm assuming, um, you know, there's a focus too for, for you guys writing the content about, uh, about like the challenges that your prospects are having potentially even like down funnel versus, you know, oh, yeah. that, right. Is that, is that what you say your focus is for, for written content? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So the, yeah, the really interesting thing, and, and I see this with founders that are trying to figure out go to market and, the, and, and they know that they know that they should create content. Right. I mean, that's a known known. Um, but they immediately think like top of funnel because they want to cast a wide net, but then, but that what, you know, but it's kind of counterintuitive and it's in reverse actually. Like you want to start, you, you know, you don't want to start top of funnel. You want to start way down funnel where people are like triggered and have the pain. And so that you can refine your audience and really figure out like, are we speaking to the right people and offering the right thing, mm -hmm. you know, rather than all of the variables that happen in, you know, at the top of the funnel and <laughs> trying to take them on the whole journey sure. where it's, it's not adjacent. And so it's really interesting to kind of flip that strategy and yeah, like really nail the down funnel stuff. Yes lower you know lower volumes but sh there should you know if they're you know if you don't have enough down funnel targets you don't have enough for your business yeah. period so that there should be plenty and then taking out some of those kind of wild variables um as you build a business so that's exactly what we've done we figured out like the triggers and we're constantly thinking about from a content perspective what the who our audience i mean we know our audience is, is marketers and we know that the kind of scope of the organizations and things like that but like what you know at what point are they facing this challenge right like and it's you know there are definitely some like very clear triggers um like you're new in your role right you know like you've just been hired as director of marketing vp of marketing or, or head of content even inside of an organization you walk in three to six months down the road, you know that it's okay, this is a mess. <laughs> you know, this is like a mess. We're, we're executing from a production standpoint, but we're not doing enough with the content. Nobody's picking it up and we don't know anything. You know, I can't, haven't done the audit. Can't, you know, don't know where stuff is. The stuff keeps coming out of the woodwork. I keep seeing old assets, mm -hmm. right? Um, 
that's definitely like a very clear trigger of, of a, you know, you'll talk to us. For sure. I mean, it sounds like, um, you know, thinking about like the problems that people are, are researching, right? They're doing, they're using Google, using search queries, they're reading articles, right? The focus would be is like actually solving the problems that you, that you're, that you're solving for your, your customers and talking about them versus just talking about, you know, the organization itself or the brand, right? And having kind of like that higher level, more complex content that's going to focus yeah. on on you know the the people who are those new VPs of sales that need to institute something very quickly and me and getting content in front of them to educate them on on why you know content can make sense at a company of your size versus um, you know uh, a Google right or um, you know uh, a high spot right uh, yep. like why why those would make sense there but maybe for you it makes sense here right yep um, so it makes a lot yeah I, I got you right that 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 bottom of the funnel approach is, is yeah meeting people where they are but because it also drives meaningful traffic it means you know you're not just getting people your website just to get them there it means you're getting the right people that you know need a specific solution or are actively researching and you want to meet them where they are in that research process yep yep so if you're like doing this you know education um you know like uh how are you thinking about like your own growth right um how is how's the company growing and, and scaling as of today yeah, so I mean, we're—I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. Um, I mean, there—it's very much sort of we're thinking about it strategically in phases, in the sense of where you know different like like organizations exist at different life cycles. You know, um, like if you're just been bought by private equity, you're kind of like at the extraction phase of like how can you squeeze and optimize every single system, right? And have like there's that's one like a different strategy than. We're still kind of like early stage young company. So very much focused on the kind of acquisition side of, you know, growth. And so how can we meet the market in that audience, like where they, where they are? Like we very much, the messaging is there, you know, we have lots of customers, um, given our kind of age and size, I guess. And, and, and so how can we just let people know that we we exist here because they have the pain points and it's very like pain oriented messaging and it's very transactional and so it's mostly just brainstorming constantly about like you know channels and where can we reach folks um where are folks hanging out um yeah just where we can meet them and then the whole kind of back into the product and, and thing in that journey of like just that first touch kind of acquisition journey and refining that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, that's where we think that's kind of where we think of things um, from like tactically, or I guess at that point, or you know, strategically is just sort of that acquisition phase. And then, um, yeah, we've been bootstrapped uh, like up until now. And so, you know, there's definitely, I've done the both like bootstrapping and funding you know, for previous companies, like Bootstrap to funded and then funded initially. And this is definitely like, with this one, I wanted um, to really only get to the phase, like space where we were funding growth, like where if like, if we were gonna inject a ton of capital into the business, it was just for growth. Mm -hmm. And so that's strategically, like from that perspective, we are definitely there. <laughs> I mean, we're serving, you know, multinational, corporations the, the scale is really interesting because we've i like to say we literally have like jen the yoga teacher like jen the yoga teacher is a customer of content gamble like i'm not making that up 
Jen, the yoga teacher, all the way to, you know, household name, brand name, multinationals, uh, which is just bonkers. But it's like, at the end of the day, the really interesting thing is everybody's selling. <laughs> like everybody's going to market with something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, at this day and age, I, I hate to feel a quote from, from Gary V, but it's, no, it's more sure than ever, right? If Good. you're not creating or producing any content, you're not going to exist. Um, yeah. <laughs> so whether you like it or not, uh, every single company is now a media company. Um, yeah, so yeah, exactly. There's exactly. Yeah. If you're not producing content, you, well, you need a place to store that content. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I actually have like a, you know, the interesting thing is from like a founder perspective, the, I, I it, it's definitely time for people to sort of flip their process. It's, um, I have like a whole thesis about this, but you should basically be creating content and aggregating an audience first. And you're in like, if you actually step back and look at the opportunity space, a lot of founders, like even if they're not technical founders, they jump to product and they use their product as a vehicle. Like they use their product as the vehicle to, um, yeah. it's basically like the thing that they're marketing, going to market. And they think that's a thing of value and it is to them, but it's not to your customer. It's not to the prospects really sort of, right. It requires too much education, too much, like go to market is hard. And that's why startups fail is they, they usually have great products and they've completely flamed out on go to market. Mm -hmm. And so if you can flip that, if you, if you're a smart founder, you can step back and rather just doing sort of like the very short exercise of customer discovery that you read about, like how lean startup and just the whole shebang of like customer discovery where they do a couple of interviews and then they're like, good, now we're going to go build the product. If you actually flipped it and instead of hiring, whatever, getting funding and hiring 10 developers or something, if you actually got funding and hired 10 marketers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? And built an audience and a following that was aligned with the pains that you were going to solve via the product. Mm -hmm. That would be like a much better hedge on your success. That's super helpful. Like founder advice, to be honest, Dave, like that's usually like to leave the floor open at the end to be like, what, what kind of advice do you have? Like anything else you would like to add to that? Um, most people ignore that advice, <laughs> but it's, it's true. And it's like never too late. Like it's never like the, it's never too late to, to do that. Mm -hmm. If that, you know, if that makes sense, like I talk to teams, you know, founders that are trying to figure out, go to market all the time and they, they, yeah, it's like, you should be able to, you should be able to curate and aggregate up your audience, like whoever you think that is. And hopefully, I mean, and you're basically testing if that's right. Sure. You should be able to do that without your product. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What's the reception? Um, pump out outbound, you know, capture interest in those ideal clients, leverage content in the process of doing that. Seriously, yeah. like, con like content can be like, con like good content yeah. is absolutely a proxy for whatever product you're doing. Sure. And you you could, you know, you could come up, you, you literally like brainstorm all the ways, you know what I mean? Like if I'm Nike back in the day, right? Nike before Nike existed, right? If I'm, if it's like the promise of like, you know, he went after, he was like involved in the running scene, right? Track and all that stuff. Like if you 
had something to say from like a coaching perspective on like running and could deliver that to folks and talk about that mm -hmm. and get gather that audience up that way whoa you could do that that's a lot cheaper than building a shoe yeah <laughs> right and so why not do that i mean essentially he had a built-in audience because they you know they was already embedded in that ecosystem but that's essentially what you want to do you want to become embedded in that ecosystem therefore that you can inject and solve the pains yep. right of that ecosystem yeah and continue to like educate and sell more at the same time right yeah i mean the interesting thing is it's not education you can't convince anybody anybody of anything mm -hmm. i think that's i think i think education is interesting because that's that's where that's where that's where people misunderstand and kind of go off the the path into the okay. it's what really what's what's really education and what you're really doing is retriggering people of the pains they have hmm. and that's kind of like an interesting you know an interesting like mix-up of that concept it, it's if you're trying to educate somebody about something they're not going to convert like like that pure education play, like an informing, it has to be coupled with what you're really doing is reshuffling their priorities. And you're looking for the folks that already, it's already on their list. Yeah. Right. You're just from your perspective in growth and business, like you just need to bump it up to number one. Right. And so what does it take to bump something up on someone's list? Like when we talk to folks, they absolutely have had pain points around organizing content, sales teams, are like, you know, have definitely complained to them. Like, I can't find this thing. They are, marketers are definitely frustrated. They, they get like Slack messages and like, where's that latest deck, you know? And it exists and hey, I told you about it at the, at the beginning of the week in this digest email that I wrote and all this other stuff, right? And so they've had that pain point. And maybe that pain, maybe like the sort of pinnacle of that pain point was three months ago mm -hmm. or six months ago or even a year ago. And yeah. it's sort of like, it's sort of subsumed by all the other priorities that they have. And so what we do coming in is just like, I just, we, we just want to reshuffle those priorities. So what does that take? It takes, it takes triggering you. And that could be like the education, but it's not education. It's like, we're just triggering you. Like if you never have that pain point, you will, we, there's no amount of education that we could do, um, to, to help you become a customer. It's just not going to work. Right. And so we want to re-trigger that. That's going to like, and then what does it take to bump that up to the top of the list? So it's like re-triggering you, like reminding you that you have this problem and it's a real pain in the ass. And then what we're going to do is give you the easy button. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. lowering the friction and then bump, it like makes that, that you can like strike that off your list. If I can, if I have the easy button, I can like strike that off the list and I don't ever have to deal with it again kind of thing. Right. Yeah. How, like what keeps you up at night and how can... Hold it make your life easier uh, totally. and you don't have to do anything in the process. So. Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's like, I, that's another thing that I could talk forever about. It's just like helping buyers buy. Yeah. Like it's really fascinating. If you really, if like, you really think if like, you really do an analysis on kind of all and including ours, ours is not, our site's not that great with respect to this. So we've, we've got work to do, but um, I mean, take like the biggest companies in the world. And, and companies that you would think would be absolutely kick-ass um, models of product-led growth and self-service or whatever, right? You would, they do an absolutely terrible job like helping buyers buy. And there's a lot of room for improvement.
Mm-hmm. The one I like to talk about um, is like MailChimp, right? Everybody knows MailChimp. The super, you know, a lot of people use it. Very famous. I've been around a long time. Huge customer base. Um, but who, like, who is who's converting, right? Like, who who's like actually showing up to use MailChimp? And there are other options besides MailChimp, of course. It's like a very competitive space. But if you take like kind of, you know, like I'm a, I'm a marketer and I'm in like, I'm an experienced marketer at a company and I'm going to be a MailChimp customer, right? Mm -hmm. Like take a look at their, take a look at their site and try to figure out like, how how are you going to help me buy this? Right. Already know what I, yeah. Already know what I need. Yeah. And it's like, I know what I need and I have like, everybody's got the checklist. It, you know, it has to do this, this, and this. And there's like, everybody's got this checklist. And if you really think about your customer personas, the checklists are sort of like meld together in a line for the most part, right? Why not help them fill in that checklist? Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. Yeah. And 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 a lot of, con- like a, most content doesn't actually do that. It's, it's like marketing teams that are just sort of navel gazing and just, pick, you know, just like internal jibber jabber around, like kind of feature function, but not really helping people understand yeah, like where stuff starts and stops and the edges of stuff and the use key, like kind of more use case oriented things. And it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of nuts when you, like, when you think about, whoa, there's a massive opportunity to sort of attack this from like a first principle standpoint to really think about like, Hey, how can we be the most helpful for customers to buy our stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. You're, we'll create partnerships, you know, develop relationships, um, make people's lives easier. Uh, yeah. 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 It makes, makes sense. Right. Like you've already, people have these pains, you know it, right? Like yeah. we don't want to make it harder for them to buy our product or confuse them or draw this, draw this out, especially if it's yeah. a need, right. That they need solved by the end of this year, uh, or, or sooner ideally. Right. Um, so it's, it's how do we, yeah, I, I love the, love your perspective on how you like help them check this off their lips. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think it's really interesting. Like, I think some of the showcases that teams kind of like, honestly, like of all size, you know, small, big, you know, medium, the, there's not really good alignment, you know, across all the go-to-market functions, you know, that's executives to on the ground marketers to on the ground sellers, you know what I mean? Um, to even like finance, if you sort of think about like all those touch points, those people have a lot of feedback that doesn't get represented. You know what I mean? That doesn't really get represented in the materials that people produce mm-hmm. to help buyers buy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Right. Like it's, it's gotta be across, across the board, across and, uh, and accessible. <laughs> so yeah. I can see why. The yeah. content camel makes a lot of sense, especially in given the space and given, you know, kind of your target persona. Um, and you know, like and seeing that gap. And I love, I love I appreciate you sharing that founder story. Kind of I love that like aha moment where all of your background comes to a head for, you know, okay, this this product needs to exist and I'm gonna do it. Um and so I, I appreciate you sharing that with us and sharing that piece piece of the puzzle and part of your story. Yeah. That's super fun. Dave, Dave, what else? What else? Anything you want to leave the the listeners with, um, where are you going to be? How can they get a hold of you? Let me give you the, yeah. Part. So, 
we're obviously online, contentcamel.io. Um, we've got we've got an awesome SEO content guide coming out. We paired up with um, friends over at Pure SEM, and they I think that's really interesting. Like a lot of companies are trying to figure out like how do we do content, right? Um, I mean, you all have a ton of perspective. I think there's, yeah, I think there's like really interesting things to tackle there. We talked, we touched a little bit on kind of like bottom of the funnel and working that way, but yeah, I think there's that you can, yeah, find us online. Um, where you will hopefully we'll, I don't know, <laughs> we'll be a, become like a household name, all that other jazz. Yeah. Any, any conferences, events, anywhere you're going to be here in the near future? We don't have it. We, um, we're sort of events haven't been like a focus of ours, but, um, there, but we will be ultimately scaling up to some events. Um, for sure. Yeah. Are there events that you guys attend? No, I mean, I'm, you know, just say like Dave's in Portland, uh, you know, we're, we're out here on the West coast. So, you know, any of your audience that, you know, like love the kind of see how, how they can find you in Portland. But if you're going to be at, you know, back in Chicago or on the West uh, you know, yeah. coast for anything coming up, like, yeah, if there's any range speaking arrangements, anything you got going on. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious. Um, yeah, I think the, most of the stuff's online and happens organically. I think honestly, we don't have stuff like really, really planned out. Um, our, most of our growth levers are content that we're putting out there. And I do think there is an opportunity. There's an opportunity for us from a community standpoint to sort of boot that up um, more. We are on, we are online in like the Slack community. So I don't know if you participate in like online genius um, and, and some of those. And there's like PMA, the product marketers alliance. Like those are really interesting for us. So I think finding us online in those communities is probably super on point because they're, you know, good conversations and people are trying to solve problems that like you and your audience are trying to solve every single day. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing some of those, those channels. Um, yeah, I did not know they existed. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be, there are a lot of you, there's like a huge, like 25,000 marketers in some of right. them. Yeah. Um, okay. and there's another one that we're involved in as well called Superpath. Some of the names are kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, online geniuses is a little bit like cringe, a little bit cringe, but um, but it's yeah. it's a great group. Cool, that's awesome, Dave. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, uh, everyone go check out contentcamel.io. Um, find Dave Shanley on on LinkedIn. Reach out, um, and uh, hopefully, when, you know, he can help you guys solve your your sales enablement problems. Um, but that wraps up another episode of the Business Ninjas podcast, everyone. Dave, thank you again so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your story. And uh, can't wait to see what you guys have going on next couple years. Awesome. Thanks, Max. Yeah, thanks, Dave. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great rest of the day. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io, W-R-I-T-E-F-O-R-M-E.io, and schedule a time to meet with us, and we'll make it happen. Keep slaying it, y'all.